people what the hell is going on yo so um it's another episode of echoes from the goddamn void baby and um yeah gotta give mad props to jay-z your name forbes magazine has declared him the first a billionaire in the rap business and that's fucking huge, man. You know what I mean? You think of a guy that's come from the streets, doing his thing, diversified. So not just rap, but into so much shit. And also has evolved his rap game so much. You know, as, you know, as he says, I'm not a business man. I'm a business man. And, yo, that's what we all strive for, right? That and having a hot ass, you know what I mean? A hot ass partner like Beyonce. Woo! That's the dream, son. You know what I mean? As long as they've got a a dope ass personality to match the looks. Because if the personality is stink... Ugh, what is the point, right? Who who really gives a fuck? But, um, yeah, man, it, it, it's just like, you know, uh, a lot has been going down, right? So, um, yeah, last week, you know what I mean? It was a little positive. That it was like, you know what I mean? I was, I was meeting up with a chick, which was like, hey, it seemed to be cool. Um, so an update on the situation, well, um, yeah, it didn't happen, did not happen, like, the, the, the chick ghosted me, man, you know what I mean, and it's, it's just crazy, so just wiped all trace of everything, I'm like, yo, what is the point? You know what I mean? Like, what is the the point in doing that? Because you've wasted your time in conversating. You know what I mean? I, it's just weird. It's just weird as fuck. So that happened. Then I get a phone call from, uh, like, my specialist at the hospital. So I get a phone call, and they're like, okay, so we just got your blood test back, and... You know, I we're probably just gonna have to do a little test just to check because there's some shit, shit with the liver and that. I'm like, all right, yeah, no worries. You know what I mean? Whatever, it's a little test. You know, that's fine. 
Then a letter comes a few days later. Open up the letter. Letter's like, oh, okay. So um, we want you to come in on this day, and then we'll we'll plan the liver biopsy. And I was just like, what? What? Now, people, if you don't know, a liver biopsy is not the funnest thing that you can do. It really is not. The needle is a, it's not a small needle. It's not a small needle. And it is fat like a motherfucker. Because, so you've got this one fat needle and then they put another needle inside which then takes the biopsy. And, um, you know, I've, ugh. So this is going to be the fourth the fourth that I've had and I know <laughs> so most of them I think I have I've, all of them I've had with just local anesthetic so they just numb the area like they're like oh we can put you under or just local and it's just like if they put you under you have to sit around in a hospital for time and you have to you're like Technically, you have to on both cases, but someone has to be there with you. They won't let you leave on your own. It's just a palaver. So I'm like, my idea was, you know, I want to get it and then bounce. I want, you know I mean, I want to do my shit. I want to lose a day at the fucking hospital. So obviously, I'm just like, yeah, you know, just local is fine. Just numb the area. And when they say numb the area, it's not really that numb. Trust me, it's not really that numb. And so, so they're like, all right, we're going to do it. And so they put the needle and then suddenly they, they like push it, push it in. And it feels like you have been punched really fucking hard in the chest but i'd say like punched with like a metal pole you know what i mean so have you ever been hit with a metal because that's not fun so if you get hit by a metal pole but like boom and just jabbed with it really hurt and that's what it feels like because it goes in and then they have to punch through <laughs> Woo! Yeah, because that's the thing. It, it, it goes in first, and you're feeling, ah, it's fine. And then when it punches through, ugh, that's when it's just like, oh, and it feels like you've been winded. And yeah, then they just take the biopsies, and that's all fine. But it's the days after, because so you you you're still a little bit. It's a little bit numb. So you cool. You go home do your thing and then you wake up and it feels like a house has fallen on your fucking chest oh and you the bruising is ridiculous so you you're bruised like a motherfucker and you just like just bending over to tie your shoelaces now kills you and it's like this for like two three weeks two three weeks it's it's just not fun man 
So I have to get, and the, the worst thing about this shit, I've got to do it like a few days before my birthday. So I'm just like, oh, come the fuck on, man. It's just like, so I've got to go in, talk to them, and then they arrange it. So I need to get it done before my birthday because, like, you don't want to... You know what I mean? Like, you want to just have fun. And you don't want to uh, just be like, alright, so tomorrow i got to go and get this done. And it's just like, yeah. So it's, a, it's a just kind of bullshit. Kind of bullshit. So that. Then, yesterday. This, so this is the killer. Like, just all this shit just comes out of the woodwork, right? So yesterday... Um, I got I got a phone call and like, oh my GP and they're like, Oh, we, we need to talk to you. I'm like, Oh, really? Why? And so I'm like, Alright. So I went, I went so I went in. So I've sat down and they're like, So why are you here? I'm like, I don't know. You called me in, motherfucker. What do you want? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why we called you in. I'm just saying, I'm just like, what is going on, people? Please tell me what the fuck is going on. And so, um, yeah, they're just like, ah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, looking at looking at the last lot of results, so, you know, you're anemic. I'm, I'm like, yo, 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 hold the fuck up. What? I'm anemic? What did you... When the fuck did that happen? They're like, ah, oh, you know, it's nothing to worry about. It's uh, you're like you're on the cusp. It will probably work itself out. So yeah, go on. You can go now. You'll be fine. It's like, all right. What else? What else is going on? I think I'm just gonna go get myself put down because I seem to be falling apart. Seem to be falling apart it's insane it's insane man you know what i mean it's just like dates are getting cancelled like bio it's just like ugh where's the good shit that's what i want to know like where, where's the good shit happening it's just like ugh it's just insane it's insane i i think i'm gonna gonna retire like i'm probably just gonna become a monk there's there's been no action for so motherfucking long actually i don't want to become a monk because i don't i don't look at kids that way and i it seems to be the requisite that you gotta gotta be into a little diddling and um so no i maybe i'll just become a hermit that might work but you know on the flip side being having some great conversations of late so i had to go um to the bafta building the other day and i sat down with um sat down with a dude um and the top buddhist in mongolia which was like yo what what is going down this is crazy so yeah it it was really interesting I, I i talked to um director benjamin johns and um yeah th- this this guy um karmalama notoskoborgi which yeah obviously i pronounced wrong 
<laughs> like in the fucking interview, you can hear me butcher his name several times. But he was extremely kind and generous that he didn't just tell me to shut the fuck up. But yeah, that was a lot of that was crazy interest. That was a really interesting um conversation. So uh I believe that I'm gonna drop that tomorrow, right? So yeah, you're tuning to Echo Chamber tomorrow. We're going back to the full fat versions, baby. What? Um yeah, so you get that. And then the following week, ah, I had a awesome conversation with Al White yesterday. Uh, it was set up. Gotta, I can't thank her enough. But um, Kalia Air, um, she's a, a a publicist in the film world, and she's awesome. Like, she really is awesome. She always tries to hook me up. And recently, she was just like, yo, there's this film called Starfish. Review it. I think you should review it. So I'm like, all right. So I, I watched this film and it's incredible. It's so good. Like, my review is in episode 37 of echo chamber right and it's an like the film is incredible it's, it's it's fantastic but um yeah yesterday i had a conversation with the director um uh, and it was it was a great conversation man it was so good so good like he's so generous with his time because we talked for a long ass time um hey and this was not possible if it wasn't for my boy matt mitchell director of risen possession lost eyes productions you know what I mean who's killing it right now because he put me onto the fact that i could do remote interviews with audacity so mad props to Matt and um yeah it's like these conversations these are definitely the light right now because it's just great like the amount of conversations that I was able to have that sci-fi London and these recent ones you know what I mean it's it's great I like having interesting conversations and hey I don't know Everyone seems to be mad happy with the interviews, which is a good thing. I think they go well. So it's always good to hear when, um, you know, the people you're talking to are like, that was a really good interview. So, hey, but that's all to come. And yeah, so that's that's the good shit that's been happening. But, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the other shit. So if um one week there's no podcast, it's probably because I went to uh, Switzerland and put myself out of this bullshit. But um yeah, whatever, man. Let's get on with this episode, right? Because we have there's been a lot going on. There has been a um a lot going on in the news. So yeah, like Trump is over, like. People are worried about 
Apple and iTunes, craziness in athletics. Yeah, it's just so much. So, um, hey, sit back and this is, these are my opinions. My credit, obviously, obviously, right? You know, you take things a little to the ninth degree. I mean, you're trying to make it a little fun, a little enjoyable. But, yeah, to be honest, it is what I think. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, so we have that. Then we got some reviews and shit. So, hey, it's a fun episode, people. Definitely. So, um, yeah, sit back and enjoy. So, as I mentioned, right, so Trump is over at the moment and um it's a bit odd because you're seeing him meeting Theresa May like they're discussing policy and shit and you're just like the the thing I'm just thinking is just like well there's a couple of things that come to mind straight away firstly yo they kind of look similar you know what I mean? You pack a little extra weight on Theresa May and she could be Trump. So you've got that. But also, like the, the serious shit, right? She's quitting. She is resigned. So it just seems a bit weird to have her negotiating important policy right now. You know what I mean? Because what does she care? This is the thing, right? You think, where is her mind space at? Because she's crazy. Like, she could have gone out nicely. But she dragged the shit through. You know what I mean? Like, people disagreed with her drastically and dramatically three times. Three times. But she still was trying to shoehorn her shit. So you kind of think that her headspace is a little bit iffy. Little bit iffy, right? That's not the person I want negotiating shit for me. It's like, oh man, you know, like... Say you've been dating someone for a while And it's not going well And eventually it's just like Yo, we gotta call it quits And then they go a little feral You know what I mean? It is just like you have to block your phone Like all of that shit That seems to be Theresa May right now I You kind of feel that she is in that Feral stage So You know what I mean You've got this feral crazy ass fool Who's Out They've they've gone like I'm going I'm going Alright fine You caught me <sighs> Right yeah I'm going Now honestly this time I'm going Right so we've got her there But you're gonna let her 
like sort out this policy like policy that once signed it's not exactly simple shit to be like okay um can we renegotiate that oh can we change that because the last person they were crazy it's just an odd one to me it's very odd like another crazy thing though another crazy thing is um it's emily thornberry like and, and some of the stuff she's saying and, and i think look you can hate trump you know what i mean because he's a crazy motherfucker he's a crazy motherfucker you know what i mean it, it, it's a it's a known thing but there's certain things that are getting said that i think is just a little worrying you know so um yeah it, like so Thornberry she said she had a meeting she no she was on a uh a, a, I think it was a radio four program and um she was talking to them and uh she said she would be okay in a one-to-one meeting with him but it might be a different matter if she was 30 years younger and 28 you know what i mean i i, I think that's a bit uh, uh, it's it's hmm yeah it, it's just a uh, it's not a great thing to say you know it's it's, it's not a great thing to say because like yeah, you're saying, like, she's already called him a sexual predator, right? And now, now, then she's saying that, oh, if I had to have a meeting with him at 28, he's probably going to try and rape me. That's what she, if you're saying, right, that if I meet him now, when I'm 58, I'm fine, but if I met him when I'm 28, that would be a different matter. Like, I think it's a, it's problematic. It is problematic. Like, if they, now, if you said that about Cosby, right? If you said about Cosby, you know what I mean? I'd be like, yo, if I had to meet this dude on my own... That could be that could be weird. Um, that's a fair statement. Because motherfucker's hand got caught in a cookie jar. You know what I mean? There's clear evidence of the type of person he is. But just because someone says stupid shit, right? Just because they're a bit of a moron. It doesn't mean that they're a fucking rapist. You know? I, I I just feel that our language... Like, we need to think about this shit. Because, like, we're, we're labelling people Nazis. You know what I mean? We're, we're calling people rapists. It's a bit like, yo, there's certain stuff that is hard to come back from. Because, yo, you label someone a certain thing and 
it doesn't matter if it's true or not, but everyone will be like, oh, yeah, that person, aren't they a Nazi, right? Yeah, no, I read that somewhere that they're a Nazi. Or, um, oh, yeah, aren't they a rapist? Like, there was this thing saying that they can't be in rooms with young women because they'll rape them otherwise. And, you know, like, it, because right now, people don't need evidence. It's just like, you can say whatever the fuck you want without evidence to back it up, which is insane. So, you know, it, it just seems a bit, it's a bit weird. And especially, especially the fact that fucking Thornberry is the shadow foreign secretary. You know, it, it, it's like, look, someone on street saying that, you're just like, ugh, you're an idiot. But someone in a high position saying it, it's just a bit like, look, you you should know better. You should know better. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not playground shit right here. Gotta be, gotta be better. You know what I mean? Look, you can say, look, I don't agree with his policies. This policy and this policy, for instance. Or, uh, in that meeting he had with that person, I think the way that he responded to them was very disrespectful. Bah, bah, bum. They are all fair statements. And there's evidence that could back those things up, right? Other stuff, yo. Let let is let's not get into slinging matches, man. Let's not get into slinging matches. You know, we need to elevate ourselves to that next level. Don't sink to the level of foolish people, right? Because you can be arguing with an idiot. But from a distance, it just looks like two crazy fucking people arguing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, fuck it. What do I know? Eh. Who wants to talk about politics, right? Let's get to something else. So there's been a, there's been a lot of clatter the last few days, man. And all, like all I was seeing is like Apple is shutting iTunes. What's it gonna mean for music on the Mac and all of all of this talk? And, and it's just like everyone's talking doom and gloom and all of this shit. And like when they finally made their announcement the other day, nothing really is changing. You know what I mean? Because it's just like they re kind of branded everything as Apple Music a while back anyway. You know, it was like over in London we had the iTunes Festival that then got changed to the Apple Music Festival. I mean, then they just cancelled it, but <laughs> you know. But you know, you you figured like there's a separate app for podcasts. Which, that's that's one of the main things I use. So, it, it just kind of then made sense, really, if you think about it. If you think about it. Because 
I, you know, I use the iTunes app to get songs sometimes and, and, and that kind of stuff. But mostly, you know, I, I, I listen to things in other ways, you know. So, like, I, I don't go to iTunes and try and listen to a podcast or an audio book or watch TV, you know. Because it's just a bit like, you have to try and find it and it's a bit cumbersome. It's a bit cumbersome. So, you know, what they're doing now is going to release an Apple Music app, an Apple TV app, which is already there. Apple Podcast app, which is already there. You know, so the like the only new thing is the Apple Music app. Boom. Like, not really a big deal, right? The Apple Store, the iTunes Store, that's sticking around. That's not going anywhere. So, yeah, there's there's no um, there's no issue with that. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, no. Yeah, but we won't be able to buy music and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. The store is still sticking around, which came out in what they launched the the, the, the iTunes Store in two thousand and three. So you know, and it's just like, look, why would you get rid of that? <laughs> because it's where people buy shit. So it would have been crazy to just bounce it. You know, what I mean? so. Really, nothing is changing. Like, everyone was talking doom and gloom and all of this bullshit. Nothing's changing. Everything is staying the same. So, I I think this is, um, you know, people, stop losing your shit before you get all the facts. You know what I mean? (sighs) There's so much of that going on right now. People be crazy. So, a few months back, the IAAF put out a ruling that was um, to restrict testosterone levels in female athletes, like runners in particular. Because I think we, we've we've been seeing a lot of trends in like sports, and and this is kind of I think it was speaking more with transgender. So you'd have men making the transition to women, which is look that's fine. There's nothing. There's no issue there, but it becomes problematic if you then want to compete against women because because you know science is science like bone density is is more in men right there's the testosterone levels larger lung capacity you know there's just all things like this which which that's why we have separate categories. You know, 
you wouldn't have the women's 100 meter runners running with the men 100 meter runners. You know what I mean? It, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you look at the times, the times are all different, like, very different. When you go from 100, 200, 400, 800, 15, like, the, you, you, you never look at it and go, oh, yeah, the women's times are basically the same as the men's times. It's not a thing. There's a drastic difference in them. So, I think it becomes then unfair if you have people competing now in women's athletics. So, yeah, the ruling was to restrict testosterone levels. But, um, so... The issue came with um, Casta Semnya, a South African 800 meter runner and the current Olympic champion. Um, because I think there's been a lot of issues with some of her tests. You know, she's showing. Um, a drastic rise in her testosterone compared to other female athletes, which you know, like there's because there was there was a lot of stuff going about at the very beginning saying that she was really a man and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, that's not true. Look, none of that is true. But there is a thing that she has more testosterone, which. It means it gives her a, 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 a big advantage over her competitors. Now, it's not saying she isn't training her ass off. You know what I mean? Because I am very sure that she is. Because, like, you couldn't just take someone off the street and and go, right, you've got more testosterone, you can beat all these girls. No, that's not going to happen. But if you're training, it then becomes a benefit, right? So this new, um, yeah, this this new law, which the IWF, IWAF, um, were to introduce meant that if your testosterone, testosterone levels were at a certain level, you would then take um, this medicine which would reduce, you know, and, and bring you down to the standard level, which would mean that all female athletes are then competing at the same level to make the playing field fair, you know, you would assume. But... um. So Casta, you know, she she appealed against the um the judgment um a while back and this got you know this went nowhere. It, it, you know, the ruling was held up when she took it to um Kaz. Uh 
yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's the call of arbitration for sport, by the way, Kaz. Um, so she then went to um, the Swiss courts. And, um, you know, the Federal Supreme Court of Switzerland. And they have kind of asked the IAAF to hold off on their uh, their ruling to give them time to, you know, make a full judgment on this situation. See, but I think it all gets really squirrely, you know? It all gets a bit weird. Because this is the thing. So, when Kaz first looked at the situation, um, they said, um, for athletes with differences of sexual development were discriminatory um, about, you know, these new rules the IAAF wanted to put in place. But they concluded that the discrimination was necessary, reasonable, and proportionate to protect the integrity of female athletics. And you kind of have to think that, like, how do you control this? Because there have been plenty of female athletes who are really not happy with the current situation and are very fearful of, like, people competing with unfair advantages. So, it's just like, look, is... Because this is the thing that, you know, hasn't been kind of specified, right? What does this medication that lowers the testosterone do? You know, I, I, I think that's one of the big things, right? What does this medication do? Because if it doesn't do anything to you, it's just lowering the t- t- testosterone level, then... Why is that a problem? You know what I mean? Why is that a problem? Because you've all trained. You've all trained. And so if going in, it then means that it's a completely fair playing field. And now it comes down to technique and the work that you put in. Wouldn't you want that? Like, wouldn't that be the thing? Because then, when you win that race, no one can say shit to you. You know what I mean? No one can look at you and go, ah, well, the reason you won is blah, 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 blah. You know? It's like, you'd think that everyone would want this to happen. But, as I said, look, we don't know what this medication does now i default though that 
you know, like Kaz or someone would say if this was damaging in any way, you know, and I, you kind of feel that like it wouldn't get through if it was an issue on that front. But, um, yeah, it's, it is a crazy time at the moment. You know, like we have this, we have the drug taking and athletics and everything like that. It's all becoming a problem and you don't want the sport to be tarnished. You don't want when anyone wins a race to people just to be thinking, are they clean though? You know, was that a fair victory? And until all of this shit gets ironed out, is, is there's definitely a cloud over athletics, I feel. You know, like you can't really look at it any other way. I don't know. I don't know. Call me crazy. But it all just seems problematic, right? I don't know. What do you think? So there's been a conversation of late, right? The music festivals need to have 50-50 gender equality. Okay? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's been a big thing. Right, I don't know, like, you heard a lot of clamour about it last year, definitely. Um, And I think it kind of stems from a a BBC study that showed 80% of festival headliners were male. Right? Um, So then, 45 festivals pledged that by 2022 they would achieve a 50-50 gender balance in their lineups but um so this year uh the primavera primavera sound festival in barcelona one of the biggest festivals in Europe, they have said that they hit the 50-50 balance this year. Which is cool. You know, like, it. yeah, I mean, that's a cool thing, right? I, my, my, my thing with it is this, though, right? You having to say... That you are definitely going to have this many men, this many female, right? Because we see that we see these cycles often, right? That suddenly there are more male, huge, popular artists out there, right? So you'll have that for for a few years, then all of a sudden it's kind of flipped and then you've got more female artists like killing it so when that's the case right so when say there's 60 female bands and art solo artists and whatever and they're just 
killing it. Killing it. And the festival's like, yo, we want to have all of them on our lineup. But then they're like, Ugh, we can't, though, because it's got to be 50 50. So 10 of these hot performers, yo, they can't play. So then you have to throw in, try and find 10 like male artists who are who are okay but people just you know they're not dying to see and I think that's the problem because you don't want to get to a point when you have to put people there just to fill the quota you know what I mean you want to put on your lineup the best people possible and like find it like there's always always there are like hot female talent look and when i'm saying hot i'm not saying attractive i'm saying who are killing it who are bumping on everyone's fucking ipods whatever you know you find that like the amount of t- gigs I've been to, and just so many of them have been like female led. You know, I mean, that's the thing. I'm going to see Erica Badu at the weekend. You know what I mean? So, Janelle Monet, Metric, Nora Jones, Regina Spector, all in the most like recent years, like months, should I say. So, like, there's there's bands out there. I mean, the problem is, it, it's just like, who's running these festivals? And that's the big question. Who's running the festivals and how are they actually being booked? Because we know for a fact that agencies and whatnot, they, you know, they pay a lot of times to try and get their artists exposure. So it comes down to things like that. So there needs to be more transparency in booking procedures and things like this. You know, so I would say, look, definitely more of an effort to have lineups that reflect the sound that people are actually listening to. The sound that is killing it right now in people's ears that's a must because that's why people are paying their money man you know you you drop uh like 200 plus on your festival fucking ticket you want to be listening to people who have been killing it all year you know that's what you want you don't want to get there and find, like, there's five bands that are, like, hot. And the rest of the lineup is just, I don't know, some dross that is there because they've made certain deals. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's like, look, we want to try and get diversity in these things. We want to get equality in these things 
but we don't want to like tie our hands so we don't want to get to a point where it's just like shit we're gonna have to not have the certain of these female artists because we now have to include this many male artists you know what i mean and it's just like well then where do you stop as well because i mean it is look and i know for a fact there's been a lot of times like especially back in the day when you go to a festival and there weren't many black artists on the lineup you know so like do you want to do a thing where you're like okay so we've got to have this many black artists this many european artists this many Australasian are, you know what I mean, are we going to do that, like, where is our lines, how are we going to control these things, because this is the thing that I never see, it's always these big statements, and statements that are popular, it's just like, yes, we're going to do this, but it's not like, look, let's just ensure that the system isn't fucked up anymore, because we all know, yeah, it's, it's a mess, it's corrupt. So how do we get it that it's just fair for everyone, you know? We're not playing favourites, we're not, you know, just helping out mates. It's, it's just a fair process for everyone. That is what I would like to see, you know? Hey, call me crazy, but I think that's what we should be aspiring to, you know? I don't know, just straight up equality, man. So, talking about music festivals. So, it, it came out just the other day that um, a, a punk band has been axed from their lineup spot at Glastonbury. Like, they weren't playing, like, the big pyramid stage or anything like that. They were playing, um, man, some, I think it's like the Shangri-La stage, which I'm not quite sure. Like, I've not been to Glastonbury, so I have no clue sure about what the setup is, but, yeah. There's a lot of different stages, and this one stage, Shangri-La, um, that's booked by a, another kind of foundation. So they booked this band, and um, yeah, word came out that the band had a song um, called "Kill Tory." Um, yeah, where they're like. I don't know, singing about how Tories are scums and they should kill Tories and, you know, all of this kind of thing. Um, but when that, you know, when someone came out and were like, yo, this band has got this song, uh, a lot of people, like, were up in arms about it. You know, so there's the Joe Cox Foundation um who were not pleased um and joe cox was a labor mp that was i think she was hmm i think she was stabbed 
stabbed the other year. Um, so they weren't pleased. They condemned Glastonbury for the booking. Um, and then you had uh, like the Shangri-La Foundation who then were like, you know, they put out a statement um, which is, all right, let's read this statement. The band Children were booked by Shangri-La independently from Glastonbury Festival as just one of hundreds of live acts due to appear on our field stages this year. We are incredibly saddened that the attention this booking has received has called such upset and negativity towards such a peaceful festival. We are so proud to be part of. The Shangri-La field is all about positivity and pacifism, unity and love. We in no way condone violence and will not allow this matter to overshadow the incredibly inclusive spirit of Glastonbury. And as a result, we have taken the decision to withdraw the booking of this band. Which, I have to say, does seem a bit kind of crazy. It seems a bit kind of crazy. Because another band who is playing the same festival, um, the Fat White Family, also were calling for violence against conservatives a few years back. You know what I mean? So this is like this is the crazy thing about it all, right? Tell the band, look, just don't play the song. Don't play the song and you can have the set. If you don't if you're against it that much, say don't play the song. But listening to a song doesn't mean people are gonna fucking you know, they're not gonna turn around to one another and go, wait, are you a conservative? You know what I mean? And then start attacking it. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And we all know. Look, we all know that a lot of times at festivals, musicians stop what they're doing, stop the set, and, and start to make statements. Start to make statements about stuff. I remember going to a Radiohead concert and, you know, Tom York then talked about um, some issues in Tibet. Like Kanye, a few years ago, he went off against, um, oh, I think it was Trump or someone. Um, but yeah, this happens all the time. So are you now saying, right, that if someone makes a statement that it goes against like the liberal line that now they are no longer welcome is that what you are saying because music is meant to be about freedom and free speech because if you're going by this like NWA and Ice-T would never have got slots. You know what I mean? They'd never be played at these supposed hallowed fields. 
which is like it's a crazy thing. Because back then, saying fuck the police, that was definitely seen as a bad thing. Definitely seen as a bad thing. But I think history kind of plays out that, hey, it was a fair enough statement and call to action. You know what I mean? So this is the thing. Are you going to police your festival and if an artist tries to say a political statement or anything like that, that mics are getting cut or you're finding the artists or, you know, are you going to go through every fucking song that all of these artists are playing and go, right, what's the messaging here? What's the messaging? Because you, like, the Shangri-La Foundation, they booked children so why did they book them this is, a, this is the thing they booked them they must have booked them because they like their music right because what are you telling me that they just drop names in a hat and they're just pulling them out no it's a selection process you're listening to tapes or you're going from recommendations and shit like that so you're, you're making this choice because you think, right, this is a good sound, this will fit, so now you're saying, oh, no, 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 we don't agree with this one song, just one song, it's not like you're going, oh, like, their back catalogue is just hate speech, you're not saying that, you're saying it is one song that is a bit squirrely to you, which, yeah, is problematic, because then, where does this stop, right, where's the fucking line, so, just because a few people have gone, oh, this is bad, you're like, who gives a fuck, Right, honestly, who gives a fuck? Like, compare, like, if you polled everyone who has bought tickets for the festival, if you did that and every one of them came back and was just like, oh, no, we don't want them there, fine. It's not what you did, though, is it? It is not what you did. So, I, I think it's just, it's problematic. Like, they they could have just said don't play the song if that's really a huge issue but frankly no one gives a fuck no one gives a fuck like because i i can guarantee i can guarantee that there will be many bands saying fuck trump do this to trump you know, Trump should be this, Trump should get this, blah, 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 blah. There's, you're going to hear that. You will hear that a lot over Glastonbury and other music festivals. So, is, is, is that right? Like, because that's a popular statement? Like, you know what I mean? Where does it stop? Who's policing this shit? That's what I want to know. Like, it doesn't come down to, all right, we can say this, we can't say this. It just comes down to, 
what are we saying is freedom of speech and what isn't, right? Because if that song is a crime, then surely the band would be in trouble, right? And I don't see anything saying that the police have spoken to the band or anything like that. So, where is the line? Who are the police? What What's happening to freedom of speech here? Like, that's what you need to be asking yourself. Because, you know what I mean? People aren't happy when Facebook or Twitter are policing things. So, why is this any different? You know? That's what I want to know. Why is this any different? <sighs> it is definitely getting a swirly, swirly world, man. So, in a move that, you know, just makes sense. And, in, you know, I think we talked about this before. And, and the weird thing is, it's something that used to be a thing right used to be a big thing back in the day but waitrose are currently trialing um this thing they're calling unpacked and um it's a way to reduce packaging so they've set up like this huge section in um one of their stores and you'll find uh like Cereal, like dried fruit, flowers, plants, um, frozen fruit, vegetables, just all manner of stuff like that, that you put in your own containers. So you bring your own shit, you fill it up, you weigh it, and that's, that's it. That's what you pay. You know what I mean? And that's like, yeah, that's great. That makes sense. Like, um, you know, unfortunately, it's only in their Oxford store, which is a pain. But hey, you know, um, I don't know. Maybe people there are more open to this kind of shit and they'll spread it. Hopefully they will. But hopefully more stores are doing it as well because... I know there's no waitrose near me, you know what I mean, which is like, ugh, a pain, but yeah, if like the bigger stores do it, that'd be golden, they're also doing this thing where, um, okay, you don't have any boxes, you can borrow one, so you, you, you give a £5 deposit, and you can take this box, and you get your money back when you return it, which is like, okay, you know what I mean? That's, that's another golden idea right there. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And the funny thing is, like, I remember as a kid, right, there used to be this shop um, in the local high street called, I think it was Bee Gees. And so they had, like, cereal, dried fruit, nuts, and all stuff like that in these big containers and you just went 
like you could bring your own boxes and whatnot and you'd like put however much you want you weigh it and you pay but and there used to be more of those spots but they kind of got rid of them i think I, I think it was like Woolworths back in the day as well you know you could get cereal and, and stuff like that you know dried fruit in them um that yeah we're just in a big big containers and you 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 weighed up however much you wanted but yeah they just kind of got rid of all of that so like i think especially this pick and mix used to be a big thing and they got rid of a lot of places got rid of that and some have started to bring it back i saw some in um what's a wilcox wilcox i sounds fake yeah maybe not i don't know but um yeah I, I a lot of places got rid of it because they're like people were stealing it but you know people steal grapes and shit as they walk around the store people yamming bananas and apple or like you know what i mean it's just like look you you can't you know just use the like well people are gonna steal because people will people will steal what people want to steal you know what I mean? You like supermarkets and and shops lose so much shit from people just taking it. But you know what I mean? You you you. That's why you have security. That's why you got cameras and shit. Just keep an eye on it. You know what I mean? But it's just like I think if if these things can help, that's good. because you buy stuff and you're just like I don't need this huge container this box like it's awkward and if you have your own like because you can get those containers that fit on top of each other or together or whatnot so you can get this nice lot of tupperware and you'd be like right so that's my cereal that's my bubba bum it's my dry fruit that's my and so it all works and the fact that they're doing frozen fruit like pick and mix frozen fruit that's great because you know if you want to make a smoothie and shit like that you can get exactly what you want exactly what you want and you save time trying to chop that shit up because uh i you know i see these videos on oh this is how you chop a mango i still butcher it like, I'm surprised I haven't cut anything. Oh, actually, I tell you, I nearly did. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst. You're chopping something that's got like a stone in it or something like that. So you understand there's going to be resistance. And so you're, you're, you're cutting and you're like, oh, man, I've been like doing it so hard. My, hand, my hand's aching. And then you look and realize, oh, my hand's aching because it's got the knife in it. And then just all this blood is all over. And you're just like, ah, shit. But, um, yeah, tangent. Realise that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great idea. And, um, you know, the, what they're saying is um, that you can, like, stuff in this refill unpacked section is 15% cheaper um you know than the normal sections like 
frozen pick and mix like and they're gonna have um you know mango strawberries cherries they say it's 50p per 100 grams and that's cheaper than the 100 grams packaged like items so obviously it, it it's a win win right i just don't see how this could i don't know how anyone could be like against it yeah like because people are foul right and so you can go oh but what if people sneeze and the germs and blah 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 it's just like look fruit veg that's not a lot that isn't covered up and you have people like with their dirty hands sneezing and whatnot all over the place it's no less hygienic than other spots Hey, maybe it's a thing. Look, if someone comes to the store and they're coughing, tell those motherfuckers to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be like, yo, um, you got to leave because you're ill. Now, online shop, we do that. Or come back when you're feeling better. Hey, you know, I don't think anyone's really going to be mad at that. Unless you're the ill person. <laughs> But no one else will give a fuck. So, you know what I mean? Just boot them out the store. Hey, and kids. You can get rid of them from stores. Ban kids from supermarkets. That would be amazing. Because those little fuckers run around. And if you run over them with your trolley, the parents are all like, Oh, what are you doing? But they let the little fuckers run. I'd be like, keep an eye on your shit. It's not going to get run over, right? Yeah. Anyway. But, um, yeah, tangents aside, this is a great idea. And, hey, hopefully it, um, it sticks. You know what I mean? We need to bring this shit back. Back like the old days, right? We'll see. So it was another evening at the South Bank Centre tonight. Uh, this time it was Ravalli conducts Stravinsky. Finnish artists Santu Matthias Ravalli and Pekka Kusistio bring their energy an invention to music infused with rhythmic vigor combining lively irreverence and memorable tunes Stravinsky's violin concerto whirls across the orchestra with infectious patterns his Petroska tells the fantastical tale of three puppets brought to life at a Shrovetide Fair? Struvetide Fair. Inspired by Russian legend, Stravinsky fused traditional folk songs with his own vivid musical storytelling. Hear how the bustling dances of the festival suddenly vanish as the magician arrives with 
menacing bassoons and how-to clarinets paint the overworldly twilight of a scene in Petruska's room. The music combines lush Hollywood harmonies with a vision of Chairman Meow and Madame Meow dancing a foxtrot together. This was, um, yeah, it was, it was extremely interesting. Like, I think the thing I really enjoy about classical music is the layering, you know? And it's like often the build-up. Because sometimes it's, it can be just one instrument building and then the others, you know kind of combine one by one by one until you have this tapestry of sound this crescendo that washes over you uh that's always great and then other times it's you know we we start with everything and it's a slow kind of hum that builds and builds and builds and builds uh like that, 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 that you know this it was split into two halves and i have to say the first half it did sound rather modern you know it had that kind of a uh, kind of modern cadence to it a bouncy joyful kind of candor which was nice it was enjoyable the what the, the thing that's always odd though is um the abrupt changes and I and this and these pieces especially, you know, it'd be going at one tempo, and then it would just stop, just stop, and you'd have like a singular instrument playing something that went against the grain of what you've just heard, which kind of gives you pause because you're just like, wait, you're enjoying one thing, and you're like, you know. Nodding your head, tapping your foot, whatever, whatever, getting into the rhythm of it all, and then it would suddenly just change to um, a, a completely different sound—a sound that just feels foreign, you know—and and it would go like that, and then suddenly it would go back into something similar to you know what was previous, and um, yeah, th- this. There was a lot of that, which was, um, yeah, very interesting, you know. Because this is the thing, it's not terrible, but it's just so different that you're kind of, you know, for a moment you're like, wait, oh, what's ha- what, what's just happening? Hmm, interesting. So you'd have that. Um, yeah, the second half... Um, it was a bit more kind of old school, classical, you know, what, you, what you'd expect kind of thing. And um, yeah, you know, it was great. It, it works. It's enjoyable. You, you can just get into it. And so, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was very different to like the Shinate Orchestra. You know, it's just a different sound, a different vibrancy. So it's always, yeah, I very much enjoy 
um, yeah, bouncing around because this was the um, Philom. Uh, who was it? It was the Philharmonia Orchestra, um, and yeah, it, extremely enjoyable. Yeah, like the the weird thing tonight was um, I went with a couple of friends, and um, you know, money's a little tight, and so we sat the back like right at the back of the first level which is just yes a weird one i th- i think uh, the a problem i have is when um you know sit, like i have to sit at the front to see so if i'm sitting a, a long way back or just you know at a point where i can see nothing the my eyes are, are always seem to try they're, they're just strained to try and focus on something even though you you know what I mean you're you're not trying to focus on it but i don't know it's it's, it's a weird one yeah I, I i for some reason they always you know try and focus so it's always a bit like ah i need to shut my eyes because this is driving me insane but um you know the sound is always good at the Royal Festival Hall. Um, yeah, I mean for these sort of things, definitely, yeah. And so yeah, it was it was great. The only um point that was a bit low was a violin um solo that happened at the end of the first half, and um yeah, that was a bit on the low side, but apart from that. It was all good. So yeah, it was a, another another enjoyable evening. You know, it's good to go out on a Thursday night and just <sighs> yeah, do something enjoyable. You know, soaking soak in some culture of some kind, or just get some jokes, man. Whatever, whatever. You know, it's just good to get out. So yeah, another fun evening. Um, this time of a classical tilt. Yo, so this weekend was another UFC weekend. Ah, man, it feels good when there's some good action happening. And especially when it's like in the UK or Europe. Because it means that you're not up until six in the morning watching fights. But to be honest, being up until six in the morning, hey, it's it's good. <laughs> when you can't sleep, hey, it gives you something to do, right? Well, I should say when you can't sleep and you're single, it gives you something to do. Because, yeah, there's other things that you could be doing <laughs> at night, you know, that probably a bit more fun than watching uh, TV, should we say. But, um... Yeah, <laughs> this event was from Stockholm, Sweden, and it was UFC on ESPN 11, and it featured Alexander Gustafsson v. Anthony Smith in the main event. Um, Yo, I, I think there was some very interesting fights on this card. Like, you know, I, I, I think 
Right, we'll, we'll, look, we'll, we'll, we'll hit the prelim card, right? So in the first night fight of the night, we had Joel Alvarez against Danilio Belandro. Um, and I think this fight really just showed tenacity. Because Belandro, I think he, he dominated, like he didn't dominate, but I think he was able to kind of impose his will on the first round, right? And then into the second round, hey, he'd, he'd taken Alvarez down again, and it looked like, yeah, he was in control of things. Alvarez swept him, like tied up the, the, the hand, you know, a little Dagestanzi handcuff, and then just pounded him out. It was just like, wait, what the fuck? You know what I mean? For a guy that looked like he was losing, yo, he just turned it around like that. And and that was the like it was Alvarez's UFC debut. So yo, that was a good look for the cat, you know what I mean? So it, it you kind of feel that's a good, definitely a good sign, because once the UFC jitters are gone, so in his second fight, we should see a more, um, I would say a more uh, refined version of Alvarez, you would think, all right, the next fight, uh, it was a light heavyweight contest between Darko Stoyazvic, um, and Devin Clark, and and Devin Clark is one of these people that, like, he shows promise, but he's very inconsistent, and he doesn't really fight that much, so you're just a bit like, I kind of want to see more from him, and in this fight, like, he he was showing promise, but you kind of feel that um, there were problems as well. Because he, I think he was winning the fight. He, he, you know, I, I, I'd say, yeah, he was winning the fight. But then it just looked like he was losing concentration. And he got rocked a few times. And, it, and it's just like, look, you need to keep your hands up all the time. You, you need to add a bit more variety to your um to your game and it didn't really seem to help that that his dad is shouting at him the entire fight you know what I mean and shouting things that are kind of going then not helpful you know what I mean it's not helpful stuff that his dad was shouting um Clark was able to get the win but I I think I think he needs to be more active for one. And and I really think that he needs to add a bit more variety to his game. You know? Like, because the light heavyweight division... Hey, we're seeing some real talent emerging right now. So, it, it's one of those places where, look, if you can perfect shit, hey, you can really make a push, you know, so, 
you kind of feel that Clark, he needs to make some work. He needs to make some work, right? But who knows? Who knows what will happen? We had Bay Maliki against Duda Santana. And, um, yo, this was an interesting one. Because, like, Maliki has a really long frame. She's very gangly. Um, and at times it really looked like she didn't know how to use her frame. You know, she's, she was throwing out punches, but they, it didn't like, it didn't seem there was a lot of pop behind them, which, yeah, you know, it's a little problematic. Um, and Duda was, you know, it looked like she was hitting with heavier punches and, you know, she seemed to be the more polished fighter. But, like, we get to the second round. And, I don't know, it just seemed that Duda kind of... I don't know, like, she got reversed. Um, You know, uh, like, you know, it went for a takedown, but the takedown went wrong. And... Malik landed on top and, and and then it just seemed that Duda didn't really know what to do and um you know Malachi like she was trying to put in the rear naked but it took a while but Duda just didn't seem to know how to fight it and this is something that comes up later in the card as well really um so yeah, didn't seem really to know how to fight it. And um yeah, like Maliki, she got the submission. She got the submission, which was good for her. I think it will add confidence to her game. Because again, this is her UFC debut. But like you definitely feel she needs to polish her game. Like she really does need to polish it. She needs to know learn how to kind of use her reach like sit down on the jabs because there's no point having a jab and just flicking it out with no consequence because people will walk through it so you you need to when you're throwing it out there you you need to do it with authority to make people question about coming in on the inside but you know, she's a young fighter, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, you know, but bantamweight, you know, there's, like, when you think about the women in the bantamweight division, like, you can't see a crack in the top 10 anytime soon, um, we then had Nick Hine against Frank Camacho, and god Damn it, Camacho looked like a different fighter in this fight. Usually, he's he's rash. He, he rushes in, which can cause him to gas at times. This fight, he showed so much composure and so much variety to his game. It was a really good performance, and um, yeah. 
he he got a, a, a great a great finish on Hein. You know? It, it yeah, it was really it was really impressive, man. Like just the way he won this fight. You know, got a TKO finish. And uh, yeah, Hein just looked out of it. Looked completely out of it. It was um yeah. Yeah, it was crazy, man. But it was a great performance from Camacho. Uh, we then had Stevie Ray against Leandro Santos. And the interesting thing about this fight, like, Stevie Ray had just come out the week of the fight going, he wasn't happy with Dan Hardy's commentary on his last fight, that Hardy was a bit biased and all of this. So you kind of felt that Stevie Ray... Wanted to make a statement. Stevie Ray wanted to, you know, I mean, impose his will in this fight. Um, yeah, shit definitely did not go well. Like from the get go, Santos was, you know, he clearly looked like he was a stronger fighter. He like he was landing punches. That were kind of pushing Ray back. You know, Ray just didn't look like... Ah, he just didn't seem to find his gear. Didn't seem to find his gear in this. And, oh my god. Santos just landed... Oh, the, the, a hook that just turned Ray's lights off. It was... A ridiculous punch. It was insane. It was like he was just spark. He sparked him, sparked him so. Whew. Man, it was one of those punches that you think. I hope the fighter can come back from that because it was not a good knockout. It really was not. A good knockout, you know, like it wasn't one of those ones where you fall back and they're dazed and they're there, they can't fight, clearly can't fight, but they, you know, I mean, they're kind of there. This what Ray was just out, out fucking cold. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. Um, like, I'm going to go to the main card, but I think first, yeah, I think we've got to mention Tonya Evinger against Lena Landsberg. Because this fight, like, I don't know, Evinger just did not look like she was in this fight at any point. Like, she, man, is like when you saw her fight in Invicta a couple of years back, she was gritty and determined. Yo, looked like she had that fire in her belly. Of late, it, it it's like, yeah, she doesn't seem to. It's like she doesn't seem to have that same fire. Like from from all the words coming into this. She did seem to be a bit disheartened with everything. 
You know, like the I know the commentary team were wondering if maybe she needed that. Maybe that is what kind of pushes her to excel. But from this performance, it's really not. And you kind of think, like, you know, she's a veteran in the game. So, I really think that she needs to kind of just sit back and audit. Audit, what, you know what I mean? The current stuff around her. And just think, like, do I want to do this? And... Is my current situation set up for me to achieve what I want to achieve? Because I don't know if it is. I really don't. Because the last few performances haven't been great. So you just think, like, maybe she needs to change camps. Like, I don't know. I do not know. But you just feel that something definitely needs to change for Avenger. Otherwise, I don't see her being in the UFC much longer. You know? Um Alright. So we got the main card. Um Yeah, like, you know, there was some good fight. There was some okay fights. Like Daniel Tamer was very dominant against Song Bin Yoi. Um yeah, Christos Gigas got a good win. Um Maquan Amakani um against Chris Fishgold. Like this Fishgold, he got a good win in his last outing. But in this fight against Amakari, man, it's like Maquan really just had more tools, he looked more composed, and um, composed even, Jesus Christ man, yeah he looked more composed, and he he had more tools at his disposal, he was just piecing fish gold up, just piecing him up, and, and the whole talk was, you know what I mean, fish gold had the submissions and everything like that, but it was Maquan that won with the submission, you know? Like, and it was nice too. It was, a, it was it, yeah, so it was just a bit like, I don't know, man. Like, you know what I mean? We always talk about there's levels to this shit. And, um, yeah, this definitely looked like Fish Gold wasn't quite at this level, you know? Which is a little concerning, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens in his next fight. Um, so next we had the co-main event. So it was Jimmy Poster Boy Manoa against Alexander Reykjavik, and um, like going into this fight, this Manoa is coming off of three defeats going into this fight, I believe, and. You know, he's talking a lot about people have short memories. Like, people have short memories. And that, yes, he's lost his last few fights. But, remember the time he was just knocking people out. And the thing is, I I don't think it's the case of 
people having short memories, you know. I think the problem with Manoa was the fact that he he doesn't look like he's evolved his game. You know, after losing to Gustafsson, like, all those years back, he went to train with Gustafsson's camp, which was like, yo, that's a great move. But it didn't really seem to do anything for Manoa. Like, he he just, everyone knows what he's going to do. He's going to come forward and he's going to try and knock you out. That's it. Like, you don't really see many kicks from him. You don't see takedowns. So it just makes him a bit one-dimensional, which is it's a shame. Because you just think if he could add some different stuff to his arsenal, he'd be a force, man. He'd be a force. But going into this fight, it was just like, yo, the new Manoir is ready to rumble and pick shit back up. You know what I mean? That was a talk. Like, Reykjik, he's a young fighter. I think this was his oh, second or third UFC fight. Um, And, um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, this fight did not go long at all. 47 fucking seconds, man. 47 seconds. And, uh... Oy, unfortunately, it was not Manoa's night again. Man, it's like Reykjik, he landed, like he landed some a, a good one-two combination, and then he followed it up with a kick that landed on Manoa's jaw like a goddamn freight train. Like, just the sound of it was horrific. And Manoa went down. Like, you thought Stevie Ray went down hard. Yo, Manoa went down even harder. It was a horrendous knockout. Like, you you just think, yo, that's the kind of knockout that people just don't come back from. It was, yeah, it, it, well, man, it was tough as fuck. It, it, yeah, it was crazy. It really was. Um, and I think the problem was, like, Manoa sometimes backs up with his guard down. And sometimes, he, just in general, he doesn't often have, a you know, a tight guard. Like, the guard's pretty loose, or he just has the hands right down low. And that's what, like, it, you know, what I mean? it's been an issue in a number of his fights, and um, yeah, it, it, it just, it wasn't good for him, man. It, it really wasn't. He just got cracked, and um, yeah, Alexandra Rakiak could definitely be a new contender in this division. Could definitely be. It'd be interesting to see who they line him up against next. You know what I mean? I think that that that's the big thing. Who does he go against next? So next up is the main event. 
It's Manoa's teammate Alexander Gustafsson, the home country fighter. And um the perennial um almost man in the light heavyweight division. You know what I mean? Like many have said, he gave Jones the, his toughest fight. You know, and he 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 only really loses to top fighters. You know what I mean? Um and he's going against Anthony Lionheart Smith, who um hey, he's since moving up to light heavyweight, he has been on a tear. Been on a tear. And like, you know, he he definitely came up extremely short against John Jones. But so is everyone. You know what I mean? So is everyone. Like in the rematch, Gustafsson, hey, just he couldn't get anything off. You know what I mean? Like Cormier couldn't do anything in the rematch. So yeah, like Smith wasn't didn't look great, but you know, no one has. Um Yeah, like going into this fight, like one thing that was very concerning is the fact that Gustafsson was saying look if he can't beat Smith, he he shouldn't be here. So already in his you you think there is doubt in his mind. So that seems that seems concerning, you know? It it doesn't really seem like a mindset you want from someone going into a big fight. Uh and then also Smith was saying a lot about him being a high-level jiu-jitsu player, which you know, I mean I he's definitely a black belt. But I like I don't know about saying high level. Hey, not trying to be bad or anything, but in his fight against Vulcan Uzamir, yo, the jujitsu looked so sloppy. Just so sloppy. Like if um you know Uzamir had any game like he he wouldn't have got choked. He wouldn't because there was so much like there were so many gaps. There were so many gaps to take advantage of. But so we get into this fight, right? It's a it's a five rounder because it's the main event. Um it's yo, it's a slow start. It's a very slow start. No one is really doing anything. Uh, you know, like, punches are thrown and stuff like that, but, like, you wouldn't say either fighter was dominant in that first round, so it's a pick em. it's probably a pick em. I might favour Gustafsson, like, the second round, starting to warm up a little bit, um, like, Smith has definitely landed some big punches on Gustafsson, but Gus seems to walk through them. You know, don't seem to phase him, don't seem to stop him. So, he, you know, I mean, he's, he's going through the punches and he's landing on Smith. Like, we get to the third round. And Gustafsson, hey, he seems to 
be on his rhythm now. And he's landing on Smith. It's like, you know, he, 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 he's showing some variety in his game. It, this is definitely, definitely Gus's round. Um, so we go into the fourth round. Go into the fourth round. And I don't, it's, it's, it was a weird one. The fourth round was very odd. Because it's just like... I don't know. Like, I think Gus went for something. He kind of slips. Smith gets him down. And, like... Yeah, it was just a weird kind of scramble. Smith gets Gus's back. And um, it looks like Smith is too high. And like Gus is shaking him off. But like Gus elevates himself. But then that's kind of it. He's not doing a lot to get Smith off his back. Smith then is able to kind of reposition. And he gets Smith, like, belly down. And so you're like, oh, that's problematic. And so Smith's, like, Gus is belly down. And it's just kind of like, it really seems that as soon as he went belly down, it was just submission. It was just like, ah, you know what? I don't, I don't got it. I don't care anymore and um like smith's like slides that the hand to get the choke but like the choke's not there at the beginning the choke isn't there he's not under the chin the choke isn't there but gus isn't really fighting the choke he, he like he's not really fighting it he makes an attempt to to move a hook, but it's just like, yo, don't do that. You know what I mean? You've got to fight the hands, and at no point was he really fighting Smith's hands. And you definitely, at that point, you definitely realize, oh, okay, Gus don't want to be there, man. It, it it really just, yeah, it, it's like he just gave up. And I'm not saying, like, he gave up, like, he chickened out or anything like that. But it's just like, you know what, I don't want to fight anymore. I'm done. That's really what it seemed like, you know. Because, look. And again, I, you know, I'm not trying to disparage Smith's jiu-jitsu. But it's, 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 it's not like, um, you know, it's not like he was fighting Gordon Ryan. You know, it's not like he was fighting, um, you know, Boogie, Eddie Cummins, Gary Tonin, any of those cats. You know, it, it, it was just like. There was way definitely ways to escape, but Gus just 
didn't seem to want to know. So Smith gets the submission. And um, and yeah, the, what you thought was going to happen, happened. Yo, Alexander Gustafsson retired. Threw his gloves down in the ring. But as soon as that, so Dan Hardy spoke to Smith. Then he went to speak to Gus. And Gus, as soon as you see Gus trying to take his gloves off, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I see what's happening. And it was just a case of like, yeah, you know. I, it's what you you thought from that fourth round. The, the minute it all started to go a little bit off, you just figured, okay, Gus wants out. Gus Gus is done with the sport, man. And yeah, so uh, Alexander Gustafsson has retired, and Anthony Smith kind of. Yo, what do you do with Anthony Smith now? I because you can't put him straight away in a fight against John Jones. So I think you give him Corey fucking Anderson. Because Corey Anderson is a beast that no one seems to want to fuck with. So I say you give him Corey Anderson. And if Anderson wins, Anderson gets the next crack at John Jones. I think that is fair. And if Smith wins, you can give him you can give him the shot, or you say he has to fight. Hmm, I don't know. I see. That's a tricky one. Like. Yeah, who who else do you go? Uh, if Rockhold wins his fight, you could say Smith fights him because there's bad blood there. There's a lot of bad blood there. So you could do that and then the winner of that fight against Jones. Because it it would make sense either way. If it's Rockhold, you can you you can talk up Rockhold from AKA, so you know what I mean? He's going to try and do what Cormier couldn't. So you do that. And if Smith beats Rockhold. Hey you can be like yo. Lost to Jones. But he's won three fights. And now he's ready to go again. I, I think that. That's a good storyline. That you could sell. But um yeah. Look. These fights as I said. look, Some of these fights. That some of the fighters really. It looked like they were done. It really looked like they were done. And I mean, I think that has become apparent over the last few days because it's like Nick Hine, who was just completely outclassed by Frank Camacho. So Nick Hine has retired. And um, so is Jimmy Manoa. I mean, with Manoa, it. It wasn't a full out I have retired. But everything that he said in his statement. I think you can pretty much take it. That yeah he he is done. And to be honest. I think that is the best thing. I think. 
Yeah. I like look if he if he was being a coach or something like that that could definitely work. Um but yeah, he he's taken some brutal knockouts and you know, CTE is real. So hey, he 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 definitely needs to look after himself. So yeah, I I think that's a good thing. Like Hein, you know, yeah, I, again with him, he's like he's, it's not like he had a brutal knockout, but he he looked out of it in that fight. He was taking some punches and he looked gone. So I think mean, these fighters have made the right decision, and hey, they have you know they've had some fantastic fights. So they've got nothing else to prove. They've had good careers. So yeah, I, I, like all power to them, man. But um, people, people, hey, it's all about this coming weekend. Woo! Because it's UFC 238, and god damn it, this is such a stacked fight card. Such a stacked fight card. Right, it's Henry Cejudo against Marlon Marais for the bant- the vacant bantamweight title. So Cejudo's trying to become a two-weight champ champ. You've also got Valentina Shevchenko against Jessica Rai. You know, Valentina's defending her flyweight title. Tony fucking Ferguson is back. You know what I mean? And he's fighting Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Woo! That is a fight, boy. That is a fight. Jimmy Rivera against Peter Yang. Tai Tuvasa against Blagoyev Ivanov. I mean, that's a hell of a main card. Like, the prelims, though. <laughs> oh, man. Ricardo Lamas against Calvin Kader. Karolina Kovalkovich against Alessio Gracio- Gasso. Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling against Pedro Munez. Tatiana Suarez against Nina Ansarov and yo if Suarez beats Ansarov man like I think she's taking the belt you know she definitely gets the champion in her next fight and I think she is the future champion for sure um yeah, like, and then on the fight night prelims, the, you know, the early prelims, Caitlin Kagajian against Joanna Calderwood, like, fight, you know, Devon Lewis against Darren Stewart, Eddie Wineland against Gigor Popov, I, Yan Zan against Angela Hill, like, man, that's, it's just an incredible card. And you think about it as well, right? So, two ladies fights on the early prelims. Then on the main prelims, again, two lady fights. And on the main card, 
co-main event ladies fight so that's five female fights on the card that is huge like when you look at some of the other organizations sometimes there might be one female fight but yo five fights on the card man that is big that that's like huge this is a crazy card so yeah definitely gonna be um talking about this next week people so yeah look forward to that all right so um yeah let's get to some more reviews and shit right so this week's tv um i watched what if the new um the new series that hit netflix last week um it's from mike kelly and it stars Renny Zellweger, Jane Levy, Blake Jenner, Daniela Pienda, Keith Powers, Samantha Ware, um, and a, a, you know a few other people. The premise is: What if is a neo-noir thriller that explores the ripple effects of what happens? When acceptable people start doing unacceptable things. Each season will tackle a different morality tale. Inspired by cultural consequential source material. And the power of a single fateful decision. To change the trajectory of an entire life. Now it was sold as an anthology. um, And... Like, you know, maybe as a series, but not within itself. You know, because, like, when you're told, oh, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an anthology, you're expecting each episode to be a different story. But no. So they're talking about this anthology along the lines of American horror series, something like that. Um, Okay, so, yeah, you know, like, the, the, the it, 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 it's kind of a, a kind of premise, an idea that we've seen before. Um, I think there was a, a, a TV, a, a film called The Box starring Nicole Kidman that worked on this premise. You know, what would you do if someone offered you this? And you could say blah, 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 blah. You know, it's not a new concept. But it could be interesting within the right hands. And and this didn't start off too badly. You know, but I think the big... Ah, an issue that just kept on coming. And, like, you always think, okay, maybe it's going to change. Maybe they're going to turn a corner. Maybe this is going to... It's like the, the 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 conceit that these people were perfect people. You know, they, they, we're shown these people that are just flawless. Flawless people. Amazing people. And then suddenly, because of this one decision... Everything suddenly unravels and unravels 
so quickly. You know what I mean? It's just like, suddenly, it's just like, I don't trust you. You know, like, if you've been with people for a long period of time, and they make one little mistake, or they do one little thing that isn't even, like, insanely crazy, you kind of feel that because you know their nature, you know that person, you give them opportunities, you you know, but with this, it's just like, right, you're getting thrown to the curb, and it was just all these crazy things that suddenly happened, and it's just a bit like, oh, you've hidden your nature from me from all these years, and you're just like, don't be silly, because... So, um, Jane Levy's character, Lisa Donovan, right? So, her husband, Sean, you then go, oh, he's got this bad temper that he, he, and he loses control so easily. And you're like, okay, so if that was the case, there's no way you would have been able to hide that for all these years. You know, it's just not possible. If you flip at the slightest thing, there's no way that's getting hidden. So there's there's these things that are just like, wait, what? And it's just thing after thing after thing after thing. It was just too much. You know, like there's too many issues here that you're saying that, oh, like, you're, you're, oh, so your parents died, and, oh, really, did you, um, really know how they died, bum, 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 uh, you know, do you know that this happened to you as well, bum, 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 and it was just like, come on, it was just too, it was too much, and people turn, like, turning on each other at the drop of a hat, you know, it it, it just took people to be like, oh, if you did this, then be like, you're right, I'm going to side with you now, so it's just like, come on, what is, it just was too easy, too easy, so many deuce machiners in this, it was insane, like the story, it just wasn't really, it, it, there was no flow to it, it was just like suddenly everyone's turning crazy, it was like the um, the chief of surgery suddenly is a psychopath, and so unhinged, like so unhinged, and it's just like, what? What? Come on. You know? It, it, it was just like, look, you can... you. It would have been better, I feel, if this was less episodes. Right? It, it, it should have been less episodes if they had done... As they said, look, it it was an anthology and there was lots of different kind of issues. And each mini story had 
two or three episodes. I feel that would have been better because there was it was just too long. It was just too long with so many things that were just like, yeah, this isn't making any sense. Because you're having characters do things that are just like, but why would you go there? Or why would you... There was too much of that happening. And when there's that, it's a bit like, you know, instead of telling... So your, your your partner, you go and tell the person that's fucking with you. Where it's just like, you just tell your partner. That that's all you do, and that circumvents all of this. But yeah, it, it was one of those. It's like in the horror film when they're outside, something happens, and instead of just them running down the road, they run back into the house, and then into the attic. So there's no exit. You know, it, it, that's what this was. They kept on running into the attic. Which was just like, oh, come on. And the ending. <sighs> the end, it was just, the ending was too much. It was way too much. And it was so predictable. So predictable. Which is like, you know, it it would have been better if it had ended in a way where just everyone fails. Everyone fails, everyone gets fucked up. But supposedly, severe brain trauma isn't an issue here. You know what I mean? It's just been like, what? What are you? Come on. There was just too much that just made you go, come the fuck on this is a joke right this is a joke you know, it's, it's always funny when you have a program and you have someone that's like new to business this is their first actual job and they're outsmarting like the like great pros pros in the game with mad experience and you're just like no it just wouldn't happen because, look, when I like, I'm just going from experience and just shit I've seen. Like, it's it's not saying that people new to the game don't have great ideas. Yeah, you have great ideas. It's all about the execution and understanding because you haven't formulated all of that yet. You don't understand all the games. You don't understand that. The true nature of some of these people. So to have the like this, you know, these people just kicking ass and winning, it's just like mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. Now, <sighs> like, who knows if it gets a season two? Who knows if what happens in season two? They learn from, like, the issues of this season. Like, 10 episodes is too much. You know, it's definitely too much. So, it, it, if you're getting a season two, make it less episodes. That's what I think. Make it less episodes. Make the seal, make the story just more coherent. Like, episodes probably don't have to be 55 minutes long, either. You could probably cut that. Like... 
adds some actual dimensions to these characters. But every just one dimensional as fuck. That's that was a crazy issue here. Like because you're trying to go that oh like oh these all these things are happening and the person thinks like this and now they're thinking like this. That's not giving people depth. That's just lazy writing to create try and create a facade. But like I'm you know obviously like I'm probably being too harsh here. You know, I think if you're a fan of like soaps, you know, this is kind of like crazy shit like you know Sunset Beach uh, and shit like that from back in the day. You know, if you're a fan of that like Beverly Hills 90210 dynasty if you love though like the remakes of all of this shit if you like that kind of stuff i think you know probably suits you know just stuff like that i think this is probably for you for sure this is your show you would love it you'll lap it up otherwise yeah i think you you can become a bit you know it's probably just not it's probably just yeah probably just a bit too much but um you know it's on netflix so you can stream it at any time um yeah so it's what if um from mike kelly starring jan levy blake jenner keith powers zene renee zellweger you know so yeah 10 episodes 55 minutes each um, and it's a thriller. Alright. Let's talk Audible books. So this week I decided to start a new trilogy. Um, it's from Sebastian de Castel. And it's called Traitor's Blade. It's book one in the Great Coats um series actually i think it's four books yeah 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 it's not a trilogy it's it's four books <laughs> um quadrilogy quad i don't know i have no clue what you would call that that's i don't know a series yeah that that yeah that works it's a series so it's book one traitor's blade and the gist of the book is this falco is the first cantor of the great coats trained in the fighting arts and the laws of trista the great coats are traveling magisters upholding king's law they are heroes or at least they were until they stood aside while the dukes took the kingdom and impaled their king's head on a spike now trista is on the verge of collapse and the barbarians are sniffing at the borders the dukes bring chaos to the land while the great coats are scattered far and wild reviled as traitors their legendary coats in tatters all they have left are the promises they made to King Palus to carry out one final mission. But if they have any hope of fulfilling the king's dream, the divided greatcoats must reunite, 
or they will also stand aside as they watch their world burn. This wasn't bad. It, it was an interesting book. I think when you start it, it's, I think it's easy to kind of um, see it as just standard fare. You know, going through all the usual tropes. But, like, um, Sebastian, I think he's got a good way of, like, putting things together. You know, the flow of the book is very good. And you are engaged all the way through. You know, so I I liked that. Also, the book, it throws up a few interesting things. You know, like, just... I think we, we've had books with, like, people in it. Like, groups like The Great Coats. But I, I liked the idea of their coats. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, these... Because they're not coats of arms or anything like that but they've got plating in to stop arrows and shit and that that kind of when you think of the visuals of that that's pretty yeah it's, it's kind of slick right um the characters themselves they're not bad i think it's um i don't know i don't like they're not Fully, I wouldn't say right now that you kind of can see them as fully dimensional, you know, because they're a little, they are a little predictable. You know, I, I, I mean, I can't lie about that, but they are interesting in and within themselves. So that's fine. And we get these flashbacks. Um, of like Falco talking with the king and like in, in the years before some of the things that kind of led him to become who he is now so like delving into that that was interesting and like the as the book unfolds you're, you're seeing these different kind of facets that are there like it it seems that like one of the big kind of themes is you know we shouldn't judge people you know yeah as the old adage goes don't judge a book by its cover and that's really a big part of this so we have that and then there's also because, like, at the end, there's, there's this reveal, and it's just like, okay, so it, it, I think it's just like, look, you, you have to look past your, um, I guess, your kind of current understanding, like, you know, if someone says, look, I need you to find my great treasure, like, you can't just assume, okay, so, when he says treasure, he's meek. He's thinking this. 
you know and so it's kind of i think it's just you know showing you that there's other kind of other things in life other joys other pleasures so we have this like ain't the one big thing that always drives me a bit crazy about like a lot of books like this is when they bring in like a character that they're protecting so in this um they're protecting this girl you know falco um decides to help this young girl and he's doing that but you then have the girl like scream at him and be rude and 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 all of this and like they never do anything you know the main character they they never say anything and it i it just frustrates me because i'm just like in the real world are you really just gonna let someone like constantly like slap you and and just call you a fucking idiot and you know all of this kind of shit and question you're trying to save their life and they're just questioning you all the day you just be like listen shut the fuck up no one wants to hear your shit you know what will happen if i leave you those people are gonna come they're gonna slit your fucking throat and maybe that's a good thing because right now all you're doing is talking shit like if you read that if you if that happened you'd be like okay good because it's a bit more realistic than oh and and she says this and he looks down and doesn't know what to say i mean like bullshit you know so that winds me up but they, I mean, there wasn't a lot of it. There wasn't a lot of it. There's just a little bit, and you just think, ah, if only we can, you know, what I mean, just get rid of those bits. But yeah, other than that, the book was decent. Um, I have to say, like the end was a bit like okay, so the end was good. And yeah, they they threw up a few surprises, a few little twists that that yeah, that definitely kind of was like, oh okay, oh that's cool, good, 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 good. So we had that. I do like it does leave it in a way that you're like, oh, how do we get to the next three books then? And I did read something where um Sebastian was saying that. He tries to make the book stand alone, like they all fit together as a series, but you can read them individually, which is fine. But is it like, okay, I still don't see where the next book comes from. So I do kind of feel that there should be that. You know, they, you 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 should read a book, and if there are more, you're like, all right, I can understand where they will take the story next, or that there could be more to it. Because if there's not, it just seems like because sometimes you know you're reading stuff, and there's more books in the series, and you get to the end, you're like, all right, well, yeah, I think that that seems to tie up the story, and then you get to the next book, and you're like. What the fuck is this? This didn't need to be here. 
Like, this seems crazy forced. You know, so you don't want that. But, um, you know, I, I've got faith. I'm not casting any prejudgments. Um, so I'll get to the second book um, shortly. And, um, yeah, hopefully um, Night's Shadow will continue uh, and be um, as as decent as Traitor's Blade. Or, hey, because there's room, let's step it up to the next level, right? But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see in the coming weeks, people. Okay, people, so... Man, this this has been um it's been a a, a bulky episode, right? A little ch- it's been a bit of a chubster. Um but I hope you've enjoyed the content. I think it's been fun. We've covered a lot, but uh it's it's that time again. So um yeah, we're gonna draw to a close. Gonna hit with some TV news and then we are going to bounce. Um, there seems to be a lot of cancellations right now, you know, um, across everything. Like, uh, so happy that some from Universal has been, um, yeah, that's been cancelled. It's had, you know, had two seasons, but yeah, the, um, it's just supposedly it's not been bringing in big numbers. But um, it is getting shopped around. So who knows? Because, yeah, things are getting picked up. You know, so, yeah, who knows? Lucifer got picked up by Netflix. So maybe this might. You know, it's supposedly doing well on Netflix. So, yeah, who knows? Um, and also, Deadly Class has been cancelled. Um, funny, both are based on graphic novels. Um, Happy was Grant Morrison and Deadly Class. Oh, I forget the guy, but it was um from Image Comics. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just had one season, and supposedly, you know, one of the problems was it it didn't have a streaming deal. So it's not on any of the, you know, Amazon or Netflix. So it's not bringing in an extra revenue chain. So yeah, that is gone and probably not as likely to get picked up. Also, um, Netflix has cancelled The Ranch. Uh, So the fourth season is going to be its last. And Amazon has cancelled Sneaky Pete. So, um, yeah, three seasons and done for that one. But, um, there are, you know, certain things have got, you know, uh, there's better news for. Like, um, Netflix have renewed their um, new um, dark comedy, Dead to Me, which stars Christina Applegate and Linda Cardinelli. So that debuted um, just the other month, and it's got a second season. So uh, yeah, that that's that. Um, there is word, which is crazy. There is uh, you know, but there there is word that um, 
UCP is developing a revival of the 1984 NBC sitcom Punky Brewster. <laughs> you know? Um, and the crazy thing is, Soli Moon Fry is supposedly going to be, um, you know, re- re- picking up her, um, her character. So she's meant to be coming back as uh, Punky. Yeah, so uh, I, who knows how that's going to work. You know, supposedly um, she's now a single mother of three trying to get her life back on track when she meets a young girl who reminds her a lot of her younger self. Ah, so, um, yeah, you know, a passing of the torch, as it were, like, you know, the, it, it had four seasons, the original had four seasons, um, and it got an animated spin-off, so maybe this could be as popular who knows, right? It's kind of crazy. I know. I know. Um, Netflix a while back signed a deal with DreamWorks Animation. And, um, yeah, you know, it seems to be going from strength to strength. Because um, they are supposedly working on a Jurassic World animation series called Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, I, I, yeah, Crit, yeah, Camp Cretaceous, um, which is, you know, set within the actual universe. So you know, within canon, um, it's meant to follow uh, a group of six teens as they experience life at a new adventure camp. On the opposite side of Isla Nubla, the island. But when dinosaurs wreak havoc across the island, the campers wind up stranded or are forced to work together to survive. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, as frankly, as long as we see some kids get eaten, I'm on board. Um, it's funny man like when New Girl started like I enjoyed the first season but then I never really got around to watching anymore but I I, you'd never have thought that Jack Johnson would go on to be like as successful as he is you know and um, word has come that he is going to be the male lead in ABC's Stumptown adaptation opposite um, Kobe Smubbers, which is, um, yeah, great. So Kobe is playing Dex Parizio, the, um, the female lead, who is a, um, an ex-army vet 
and now she is a um yeah a problematic private eye um and johnson will um he's playing her best friend gray mcconnell but uh yeah yeah I, the, the comic series is great so uh, hopefully that the tv series is going to um yeah like do it justice you know um and it will be debuting in the fall supposedly so yeah we'll see what happens with that um netflix are working on a um a live action series called cursed um which will be starring Catherine Langford and it's based on a, uh, a a graphic novel that was created from Tom Wheeler and Frank Miller and it's it's interesting because it's focusing on um the lady of the lake well before she becomes the supposed Lady of the Lake of Arthurian legend. Um, so yeah, that I mean that it could be interesting if done right. Because I don't think I don't believe that we've ever seen a series or, or a story that focuses on her. So yeah, I, I'm imagining this will be dropping. Um, you know, towards the end of the year, well, sometime this year, um, but who knows, who knows with these things, uh, some good news, uh, Netflix had, um, you know, like, we found out that they'd renewed, uh, their wrestling series, Glow, well, it is now being, um, uh, you know, cat out of the bag that is going to be hitting the streaming service on the 9th of August. So, uh, yeah, 10 episodes. So that'll be fun. Hopefully, um, you know, it just continues. You know, it just continues the good, um, the good shit that we've seen before. So, um, supposedly, in the new season, the team are now headliners at the Fan Tan Hotel and Casino on the Vegas Strip. The women quickly realise Sin City is much more grind than glitter. Ever the team leader, Ruth's passion for the show begins to take a backseat to a growingly complicated personal life. Debbie is making headway as a producer, but continues to be consumed with guilt over the distance between herself and her son. As their residency wears on, the lines blur between performance and reality, and the cast find themselves struggling with their own identities, both in and outside of the ring. So yeah, it sounds like it will be fun. So yeah, looking forward to that. And um, another bit of Netflix news. Supposedly, um, they've uh, 
done a deal with Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast to make a TV series based on Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Which I don't think anyone was expecting. It's going to be an anime TV series. And um, it's going to be with Joe and Anthony Russo. That are uh, riding high from their uh, Infinity Wars and Endgame uh, success. So, um... Yeah, I don't know, like Henry Gilroy from uh, Star Wars Rebels and Jose Molina from Agent Carter are going to be the lead writers for the series. Um, And that's really all we know, you know. Um, Yeah, like, yeah, nothing else is out there, but... um, you know, this is a this is a a franchise that started in 1993. So, so yeah, I, I guess it seems like it, it's surprising it hasn't had a TV series before that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I can't think of any any good like fantasy cartoons right now so hey maybe this is what we've been waiting for who knows but um we will probably find out soon um no word of when it will hit but yeah you know maybe before the end of the year if we're lucky but yeah i don't know definitely next year i'd imagine so yeah that is i think that's it man that's it for another episode. Um, yeah, we will be back next week as we do. So uh, share with your peoples. Leave some reviews. You know, hey, anything that you'd like to see more of or less of, you know, just comment, man. Just comment on um, Twitter or Insta, you know, um, Facebook as well. But, um, Yeah, people, we'll catch you next Wednesday for another episode, all right? All right, people, have fun, and, um, yeah, catch you then. Peace.